Hello, my elephant elevator operators. This is your tiger shark hallway numerator, Matthew Sanborn Smith, and his locust common area denominator, Beware the Hairy Mango. Welcome to the May 10th show, which is running on some date other than May 10th. I'm going to start including the dates these shows were meant to run so we can all keep track. We're going to slowly lose touch with the calendar and make our own. Today's story is all about becoming what you love. If you love alcoholic gardeners, even if you don't achieve that dream, you can at least become Burpsy. Burpsy by Matthew Sanborn Smith. Shirley loved her soda. She'd drink a couple of dozen cans a day, opening the next can with the last one. She set up a Coke IV so she could absorb it while she slept. When she ran out of the liquid kind, she'd drink baking soda. She didn't add any water to it, she just drank powder. She even married a can of soda, changed her name to Mrs. Pibb, and did some jail time after drinking her own husband one desperate night. In the joint, her nickname was the Black Cherry Widow. Shirley knew soda better than anyone on the planet. She almost was soda because she drank so much, and she needed new worlds to conquer. She knew exactly what the world was lacking, a new type of soda. There were sodas with extra sugar, extra caffeine, extra artificial flavoring, and dye. There was one type of extra humans had never achieved, but Shirley was determined to. And then she did, because we don't have time in this story to screw around with the arduous process of experimentation and FDA approval. Shirley created a soda the world had been clamoring for, a soda with 12 times the gas. She called it Burpsy. Burpsy was practically a can of flavored air, but it packed a punch. Belches caused by Burpsy could tear doors off their hinges and fire false teeth deep into walls. Small children loved the ability to blow hurricane-force winds like an entire platoon of truck-driving sailor ex-cons with gastrointestinal issues. And all of this was just what came out of the top end. No one loved Shirley's new soda more than Shirley did. She began to suck it down to the exclusion of all other sodas, but her years of carbonated consumption had prepared her body for a level of gassy absorption unknown amongst her people. Over time, Shirley became a living burp and floated away. With no one left to run the Burpsy company, her people ran it into the ground. Or maybe they ran it into the air. They had the terrible idea of making Diet Burpsy, which tasted like swallowing someone else's burp. People passed on the Diet Burpsy as fervently as they had passed the gas of regular Burpsy just weeks before. Soon Burpsy was out of business, and its fans had no way to satisfy their craving. That doesn't mean they didn't try. Cars were stopped dead in their tracks as roving gangs of Burpsyists sucked tires empty as well as every can of fix a flat in sight. There were tragic stories of people who would purposely get themselves lost at sea so they could suck off their own life rafts, inadvertently drowning their raft mates so they could get their last fix. People busted into tanks of gas stores, which I assume must exist because where else would people buy their tanks of gas? People blew themselves through rooftops like hundreds of Yafik Kodos from hundreds of Liv Zanzlet's dies. But the lucky ones were the ones who found Shirley herself. It was a bunch of boys who were too poor to play stickball and so had settled for playing ball stick, wherein they'd get themselves as sweaty as possible and then see what would stick to their balls. Charlie Joffowitz was winning the game while standing on a fence with a shopping cart hanging from his testicles when the sweet scent of Shirley wafted by. He and his friends were overcome by gassy desires and swallowed her up. You might think that's horrible, but to a woman who devoted her existence to soda, it was the best way to die she could have wished for. Shirley went down in ecstasy. And then she came back up in ecstasy. <laughs> If this story burped your baby, you can spit it and other Gerbers at the web address of the gaseous egress, BewareTheHairyMango.com. It's time for mail. Email BewareTheHairyMango. It takes more than one to tango. The only other rhyme is Durango. Unless you stretch Mustango. Mike writes, Hey Matt. 
This is our last Mucho Mango Mayo together, which is tragic. I've been a big fan ever since I heard Buffalo Wangs. Mucho Mango Mayo. Mooch oh man go Mayo. I happened to read Nature and loved your story, Steve Sepp. Any chance you could read that on the air? Don't know what their rules are on licensing and reprints and such. It is nature, so I'm guessing it might be a little heavy-handed. At the same time, it's an awesome story. Read it to me. Thanks, Mike. That's the greatest idea you've ever had. And I know because we've exchanged a handful of emails, so I'm certain I know you better than your loved ones do. And what is nature compared to Matthew? As if I had consumed a can of burpsy, my breath is the wind. My bowels are a tsunami. When I was a teenager, my face was covered with volcanoes. And also, nature only had exclusivity over the story for six months. So tomorrow, folks, or the way things are going, maybe I should just say next episode, folks, our story will be Steve Sepp. Tasty, tasty. You'll get some fabulous entertainment and I'll get a break by rehashing old material. Although you're probably used to that with my jokes. Babble devilishly in the comments for this post or brain email me and we'll correspond with the dickwaddiest of all smurfs at Matthew at BewareTheHairyMango.com or go insane and destroy the legion of superheroes from within at BewareTheHairyMango at gmail.com. Are you still listening? Whenever we've smelled better down below, the SF and SF signal stands for sexual Febreze, the pubic odor eliminator for when you just don't have time to shower for a couple of weeks. Ask your local bath and body worker for the small can so you can enjoy the short hair freshener on the go and sometimes on the come. Why has an SF signal issued a cease and desist order by now? Tweet along a little doggy and follow me at twitter.com slash upwithgravity. Rustle up some varmints with me on the open range and turn them into vittles. But that's nothing compared to when we turn the vittles into varmints and assemble Frankenstein animals from cheese cubes and grapes and car batteries, it gets lonely out here on the open range. If you love BewareTheHairyMango.tumblr.com even more than I do, and that's not too difficult at this point, send me your crazy shit there and I may repost it and do even less work than I'm doing now. My ultimate goal is to check out of everything. That's one goal we can all achieve. If the idea of donating money to me leaves a bad taste in your mouth, just imagine what a horrible taste I myself might leave in your mouth. I generally recommend that all people keep me out of their mouths. Well, nearly all people. And instead of donating, you can just think of it as giving me money. Or me giving you negative money, which is what they use on Bizarro World, so you'd be just like a comic book superhero, villain, alien, civilian. You're welcome. This podcast scrubs vigorously with a deep pour charcoal cleanser to keep its charcoal spick and span, which it feels is a great idea since it will be cooking its food over that charcoal soon once it sets its skin on fire, though it is considering mesquite hair follicles for a smoky gob of flavor and some barbecue fingernail sauce in which the secret ingredient is a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share like 4.0 international license. I kind of got that. I'll go with it. Until you exchange your cold cuts for hot bludgeons, this looks exactly like Matthew Sanborn Smith if you squint a lot and hold your hands in front of your face, reminding you there's also more than one way to reupholster a cat. Good night. <laughs>